Section 23 of the Underground Railroad, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. The Underground Railroad, Part 1, by William Still. Section 23, The Arrivals of a Single Month, Part 2. For the enlightenment of all Christendom, and coming posterity especially, the following advertisement and letter are recorded, with the hope that they will have an important historical value. The writer was at great pains to obtain these interesting documents, directly after the arrival of the memorable twenty-eight, and shortly afterwards furnished to the New York Tribune, in a prudential manner, a brief sketch of these very passengers, including the advertisements, but not the letter. It was safely laid away for history. $2,000 reward ran away from the subscriber on Saturday night, the 24th inst. Fourteen head of Negroes, to wit, four men, two women, one boy, and seven children. Kit is about 35 years of age, five feet six or seven inches high, dark chestnut color, and has a scar on one of his thumbs. Joe is about thirty years old, very black, his teeth are very white, and is about five feet eight inches high. Henry is about twenty-two years old, five feet ten inches high, of dark chestnut color and large front teeth. Joe is about twenty years old, about five feet six inches high, heavy built and black. Tom is about sixteen years old, about five feet high, light chestnut color. Susan is about thirty-five years old, dark chestnut color, and rather stout built, speaks rather slow, and has with her four children, varying from one to seven years of age. Leah is about twenty-eight years old, about five feet high, dark chestnut color, with three children, two boys and one girl, from one to eight years old. I will give $1,000 if taken in the county, $1,500 if taken out of the county and in the state, and $2,000 if taken out of the state, in either case to be lodged in Cambridge, Maryland jail, so that I can get them again, or I will give a fair proportion of the above reward if any part be secured. Samuel Pattison, October 26, 1857, near Cambridge, Maryland. P.S. Since writing the above, I have discovered that my Negro woman, Sarah Jane, 25 years old, stout-built and chestnut color, has also run off. S.P. Samuel Pattison's Letter Cambridge, November 16, 1857 L.W. Thompson Sir, this morning I received your letter, wishing an accurate description of my negroes which ran away on the twenty-fourth of last month, and the amount of reward offered, etc., etc. The description is as follows. Kit is about thirty-five years old, five feet six or seven inches high, dark chestnut color, and has a scar on one of his thumbs. He has a very quick step, and walks very straight, and can read and write. Joe, about thirty years old, very black, and about five feet eight inches high, 
has a very pleasing appearance he has a free wife who left with him she is a light mulatto she has a child not over one year old henry is about twenty-two years old five feet ten inches high of dark chestnut color and large front teeth he stoops a little in his walk and has a downward look joe is about twenty years old about five feet six inches high heavy built and has a grum look and voice dull and black tom is about sixteen years old about five feet high light chestnut color smart active boy and swaggers in his walk susan is about thirty-five years old dark chestnut color and stout built speaks rather slow and has with her four children three boys and one girl the girl has a thumb or finger on her left hand part of it cut off the children are from nine months to eight years old the youngest a boy nine months and the oldest whose name is lloyd is about eight years old the husband of susan joe viney started off with her he is a slave belonging to a gentleman in alexandria d c he is about forty years old and dark chestnut color rather slender built and about five feet seven or eight inches high he is also the father of henry joe and tom a reward of four hundred dollars will be given for his apprehension leah is about twenty-eight years old about five feet high dark chestnut color with three children two boys and one girl they are from one to eight years old the oldest boy is called adam leah is the wife of kit the first-named man on the list sarah jane is about twenty-five years old stout built and chestnut color quick and active in her walk making in all fifteen head men women and children belonging to me or sixteen head including joe viney the husband of my woman susan a reward of two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars will be given for my negroes if taken out of the state of maryland and lodged in cambridge or baltimore jail so that i can get them or a fair proportion for any part of them and including joe viney's reward two thousand six hundred and fifty dollars at the same time eight other negroes belonging to a neighbor of mine ran off for which a reward of fourteen hundred dollars has been offered for them if you should want any information witnesses to prove or identify the negroes write immediately on to me or if you should need any information with regard to proving the negroes before i could reach philadelphia you can call on mr burroughs at martin and smith's store market street number three o eight philadelphia and he can refer you to a gentleman who knows the negroes yours etc samuel pattison this letter was in answer to one written in philadelphia and signed l w thompson it is not improbable that mr pattison's loss had produced such a high state of mental excitement that he was hardly in a condition for cool reflection or he would have weighed the matter a little more carefully before exposing himself to the underground railroad agents but the letter possesses two commendable features nevertheless it was tolerably well written and prompt here is a wonderful exhibition of affection for his contented and happy negroes whether mr pattison suspended on suddenly learning that he was minus fifteen head the writer cannot say but that there was a great slave hunt in every direction there is no room to doubt 
though much more might be said about the parties concerned it must suffice to add that they came to the vigilance committee in a very sad plight in tattered garments hungry sick and penniless but they were kindly clothed fed doctored and sent on their way rejoicing daniel stanley nat amby john scott hannah peters henrietta dobson elizabeth amby josiah stanley caroline stanley daniel stanley jr john stanley and miller stanley arrival from cambridge daniel is about thirty-five well made and wide awake fortunately in emancipating himself he also through great perseverance secured the freedom of his wife and six children one child he was compelled to leave behind daniel belonged to robert callender a farmer and except when in a passion said to be pretty clever however considering as a father that it was his duty to do all he could for his children and that all work and no play makes jack a dull boy daniel felt bound to seek refuge in canada his wife and children were owned by samuel count an old bald-headed bad man who had of late years been selling and buying slaves as a business though he stood high and was a big bug in cambridge the children were truly likely looking nat is no ordinary man like a certain other nat known to history his honest and independent bearing in every respect was that of a natural hero he was full black and about six feet high of powerful physical proportions and of more than ordinary intellectual capacities with the strongest desire to make the port of canada safely he had resolved to be carried back if attacked by slave hunters only as a dead man he was held to service by john muir a wealthy farmer and the owner of forty or fifty slaves muir would drink and was generally devilish two of nat's sisters and one of his brothers had been sold away to georgia by him therefore admonished by threats and fears of having to pass through the same fiery furnace nat was led to consider the underground railroad scheme it was through the marriage of nat's mistress to his present owner that he came into muir's hands up to the time of her death he had been encouraged to hope that he would be free indeed he was assured by her dying testimony that the slaves were not to be sold but regardless of the promises and will of his departed wife muir soon extinguished all hopes of freedom from that quarter but not believing that god had put one man here to be the servant of another to work and get none of the benefit of his labor nat armed himself with a good pistol and a big knife and taking his wife with him bade adieu forever to bondage observing that lizzie nat's wife looked pretty decided and resolute a member of the committee remarked would your wife fight for freedom i have heard her say she would wade through blood and tears for her freedom said nat in the most serious mood end of section twenty three recording by maria casper